1: My name is Jonathan, and I've been a ranger for 12 years now. I've always loved working in the forest, it's very quiet, peaceful, and feels like the only career path where you can truly be one with nature. However, I've experienced some paranormal things here and there, ranging from unexplained to downright terrifying. I'll start this story off with what happened. I won't mention the name of the town, but I'll say that it's very old and the only people living there are those who either used to reside there or people who enjoy living away from civilization completely. The majority of its population is elderly, so when we get a call in the middle of the night, it usually means that someone has passed away. This time was different, though, because it wasn't an elderly person who died, it was two hikers, two college students to be exact. They were trekking through the woods when they stumbled upon a large tree that had fallen over them but was wedged between several other trees. Even though we recorded it as the tree falling on them, I'm going to tell you what really happened. The witness I interviewed said she had watched them go up about 10 feet before turning around to head back to town. Suddenly, she sees this massive canine leap out of nowhere, attacking both of them. It dragged one of the girls off but ripped the other girl right in half, spilling out her innards on the tree below. When my partner and I went out there together, we found their bodies less than 100 feet away from each other, which is why we had to document it as a tree falling on them. It just makes the paperwork easier. No trace of this creature or canine was ever found, and their bodies and faces were so mangled that recognition was nearly impossible we had to use dental records to identify them. This incident was also very close to town and in view of much of the community, which is why we had several witnesses. Personally, I have no idea what could have done this or why it happened, but I know one thing for sure, seeing a young woman like that ripped apart by something like, I don't know, a werewolf really does a number on you. Anyway, I hope this story was enough to convince you that the woods aren't always exactly safe. Take it from a guy like me who works in this job field, I see and experience a lot more than we're allowed to talk about. Since around 2017, our park on Isle Royale has been experiencing numerous reports of dogman attacks. Rangers, along with many staff members, volunteers, and campers, have conducted overnight searches with massive search parties to find any evidence. One of the most horrifying discoveries during these searches was a mangled corpse buried in the ground, an unfortunate woman in her late 30s. Though it was too late for her, it appeared she had been attacked by a large, unknown canine and torn to shreds. I am well versed in information regarding the Michigan Dog Man, as it is a widely discussed topic in the state. There have been numerous sightings and reports from Ohio to Michigan. Despite mainstream science and the media refusing to accept these accounts, in instances like this, we are often forced to attribute them to bear attacks. However, judging by the size of the teeth and the nature of the kill, it is evident that a bear did not cause this. While this is not the first time I've seen a body mutilated and mangled in the park, it is the first time it has occurred so close to the rest of the campsites. I hope that this attack is not a repeat occurrence and that whatever creature is responsible won't venture closer to the main campsites. My concern is that we need to address and consider the possibility that it might be a dog man, a conclusion my colleagues and supervisors are unwilling to accept. However, if we want to ensure the safety of park visitors, I believe it is crucial for us to discuss and seriously consider this possibility. I want to begin by stating that I don't possess much knowledge about skinwalkers and other similar creatures. I've recently started learning about their potential existence, and I'm open to being educated on the topic. There's this park my girlfriend and I frequently visit to smoke, and on numerous occasions, always at night, we've encountered the same dog-like entity. It appears as a remarkably large black dog with round, bear-like ears and yellowish eyes. Initially we didn't think much of it, but it continued to appear, seemingly spawning in without making any sound. It would just stare at us and follow us around eerily. We've come across it both while high and sober, prompting us to stop visiting that park altogether. As we walked from the parking lot to the park, we would witness the creature emerging from behind a tree, following us and attempting to block our path back to the car. On one occasion, We had to run and jump a fence to escape from it. Our encounters were consistently unsettling, especially the time we found ourselves at the deepest corner of the park bordering a small forest, having to jump two fences to evade the creature. While I theorize it could be a stray, its behavior did not align with that of a typical dog. It didn't exhibit typical canine behaviors, instead, it felt as if it were merely observing us for some unknown reason creating a distinctly eerie atmosphere. Hi there, former cryptid hunter here. My encounter with what I believe to this day to be a skinwalker, or something similar, is the reasoning behind my retirement from hunting. The skinwalker I had encountered taunted me for months, stalking me, mimicking the voice of my housemate to lure me, following me as I traveled whilst it went under the disguise of a wild animal, and even entering my dreams. It never physically attacked me, although it definitely showed signs of unbridled malevolence. However, even though it did never actually attack me physically, it made my life a temporary paranoid hell. I am sure if I had not distanced myself from the creature and ended my hunting, it would have tried to hurt me at some point. But like others have said, These creatures are intelligent. A brainless husk couldn't scare the hell out of me like the way that thing did. Brainless husks don't torment. Skinwalkers know the ins and outs of psychological torture. So, much like snowflakes, but arguably more evil than snowflakes, no two skinwalkers are the same. Some may play the long game, others may try to rip you to bloody shreds at first glance, and others may just ignore you. Kind of like dating in your 20s, but more spooky. When I was about 10 years old, I went hunting with my now-deceased grandfather on family-owned land near Covington, Michigan. It was near dusk, and we had been sitting for a couple of hours without much luck, just a spiker and a small doe, nothing large enough to shoot. We were starting to lose hope and getting ready to begin the about one-mile trek back to our cabin. As we prepared to leave, we heard twigs cracking from our right rear side. The stand we were in was tucked in the rear corner of a large clearing on one of the bigger trees in the tree line. As the cracking twigs got closer, I remember realizing that all other ambient noises had stopped. When the creature finally emerged from the tree line, I remember my heart feeling like it had stopped working, and an overwhelming feeling of dread washed over me. What I saw was what looked like a small buck that appeared not to have eaten in weeks, an extremely pale brown, almost grey, with what seemed to be a broken neck and a missing antler, stumbling into the clearing. At this time, the sun was just about to sink below the treetops, covering the clearing with shadows. I recall looking over at my grandfather and seeing a level of fear I had never seen on his face before. Mind you, my grandfather was tough and fearless, having seen active duty in Vietnam as infantry. After seeing his face, the feeling in my stomach became worse. As we watched this deer stumble into the clearing, my grandfather reached for his binoculars. As he pulled them out, the lens cover made a small noise on the side of the stand. The creature must have heard it because it stopped its stumble, now in the middle of the clearing, and creepily rotated around, rising up on its hind legs, staring directly at us for about a minute before running off in an awkward sprint into the woods. At this time, it felt like I had just gotten the wind knocked out of me, and I was petrified with fear. After the encounter, my grandfather and I sat in the stand, completely silent, staring at the clearing trying to make sense of what we had just witnessed. As we started to walk back, we heard extremely weird, almost human sounding noises coming from the woods around us. By the time we got back to the cabin, my grandfather decided it would be best to cut our trip short and head back home. Before leaving, I had to use the bathroom, and since our cabin was quite old, I didn't have indoor plumbing, just an old outhouse. As I sat down to use the toilet, The immense feeling of dread returned as I heard human-like whispers and small scratches on the back of the outhouse. I screamed at the top of my lungs to my grandfather as I ran out of the outhouse crying. After that, we drove back home and had a small discussion about what we had seen. Despite being an avid hunter, that was my grandfather's last season of hunting, and about a year later, we sold the land. I've told this story a couple of times to close friends and family but I think most of them think I'm crazy, especially being the only witness now that my grandfather has passed away. Still to this day, the encounter sends shivers down my spine every time I think about it. A few months ago me, 16, my sibling, 12, my friends D, 16, C, 13, and L, 24, We're at a hiking trail a few miles from our house. The trail is 9 miles long with heavy woods surrounding the entirety of it. When you walk about a quarter of the trail there's a bend where you can take a seat and look at the river. There's a small bench and a book people can leave messages in. We had walked to the bend and took a quick break. By the time we got there the sun had started to set. You could hear the bugs all around you and hear the wildlife in the trees and bushes. After a few minutes we continues walking and made our way to gay other side of the trail where there's a clearing. We walk down the dirt trail, on both sides there's ditches full of tall grass nearly 4 feet tall. About 100 feet from the trail is the woods we just came out of and on the other side there's also woods, on private property. We keep waking down the trail and we get about 50 feet from the clearing when we all hear a man screaming from inside the woods. At first we couldn't make out what he had screamed, we just know we all heard it. We all stopped dead in our tracks and looked between each other trying to figure out what he screamed. Immediately after C says what was that? We hear gay man scream again. This time it was very clear. We hear the man screaming help. Help me. Help. At this point we have no idea who this man is, where he was or if he was even a man. A few seconds go by and L yelled back out to the man hello? Do you need help? We get no response. We stare at each other in disbelief for about a minute wondering what to do. We discuss the possibilities of what it could be, wondering if it really was a man crying out for help or if it was something else. We decided to keep walking down the trail after it was silent for a few minutes. We didn't hear any more screams or yells but we did hear heavy footsteps in the woods, something that wasn't human. On the walk out of the trail we took pictures of the trees and caught a pair of glowing eyes in a few pictures. We know these were not lighting bugs as they were all lower to the ground. The eyes were an orange-red color and far back peeking between the trees near us. We took pictures every few feet and there would be the same eyes, following along with us. When we were near the end of the trail we heard the same male voice screaming something we couldn't understand. Nothing else happened on that trail and we haven't gone back since. I've lost the pictures of the eyes, even though I know I saved them and put them in a folder. About a week later I was sitting outside around 3 or 4 am when I heard a scream. The same scream we heard on the trail. It was the same man screaming for help again. My friend D came outside asking if I had heard it. They were inside next to the door about to come out. The man screamed over and over again. We heard footsteps vetting closer to us and we decided it was best to go inside and lock the doors. We didn't talk about it that night as we were too scared it would get closer. We all believe we encountered a wendigo, there's been a lot of sightings in the Great Plains, where I live. At first we thought it could have been a skinwalker, but we never saw an animal or anything that would be specific to one. We live in a big collage town, we think the wendigo heard one of the collage students' voices and made a ploy for help to lure us in. We never investigated, we never went back, we never followed its cries for help. We were all worried that it could have been a real man and real danger. The following week we were all keeping our eyes out for news reports about someone drowning or being in some sort of accident on the trail, as it's a very popular place to hike. But there was never any reports made of anything. We all believe we encountered a windigo those nights. First things first, we are Muslim by faith. And by things I mean jinn that's what we assume based off of what he has described to us. So my brother, 14, at the time went to a wedding function with my parents. Now keep in mind, bad genes are usually found in places that are dirty and unsanitary, now the way to the location of the function is not the most lit, street light wise, and is sketchy. Now everything is fine while going to the event as it's 6 to 7 pm but while leaving the venue, 12 to 1 am, My brother exited the venue a little earlier than my parents, as they were greeting everyone goodbye. Now after a while later when my parents reach my brother, they see him shaking and on the verge of tears, they are aware that he senses or sees Jin as it has happened in the past, so they sense something was wrong and left the place as fast as they can. My brother was sobbing all the way home and once they reached home he kept repeating I saw something there or there was something at the location. Now we just prayed for him and went to bed like usual. Fast forward the next day, he goes to school like usual and when he comes back he goes to shower and admits that he calls out to mom stating that his back is burning, due to the shower gel mostly, now what she saw still gives me goosebumps, scratch marks all across his back. Not just small scratches that can happen when we itch too hard, these were stretched out from the upper back to the lower back red and irritated now as soon as we saw it we called home Imam, religious expert, and he confirmed that there was a negative presence that had come along with him home. I wanted to share my account regarding a predator-like being. It was sometime around 2006 or 2007 and my kids and my friends were having a campfire in the yard right outside our home. We live outside of our town and have wooded areas all around us, on the edge of the Adirondack Mountains in New York. Off the deck of the house was a fire ring with a small above-ground pool. Next to that, our property is lined with white pine trees which are quite big and very branchy. The woods behind the pool go back quite a ways and the pine trees are continuous to the woods. I had just brought out marshmallows for the fire and sat in a chair with my back to the side of the property with the trees leading to the woods. To my right, it was light out and I sat listening to the chatter from the kids while gazing into the woods trying to relax. There was no wind or breeze and it was a very quiet night. I noticed a movement in the trees to my right, up in the branches that were just behind the pool. I stared at the area because I saw something move but nothing was there. As I stared I started to see some kind of movement, but it was like the branches and pine needles moved instead of an animal or being which didn't make sense. I watched for about a minute when the movement leapt, for lack of a better word, to the next tree that was closer to us. There was no noise and no swaying of branches like one would expect if there was weight on the tree. As I watched I noticed that I was seeing pixels, like in a digital picture, moving. I made out the shape of something that had arms and legs and a head but not quite human-like. This shape was hunched down on the branch with one arm holding the tree trunk. The legs bent like it was squatting and it felt like we were being watched even though I could see no face or any other description. It was just pixelated movements in the shape of a being. It had moved closer to us and was in the tree on our side of the pool now. When I realized how close it was I told the kids it was time to go inside. They fussed a bit, but I insisted they go inside. Right then my son saw me looking up in the trees and asked what I was looking at and, of course, told him that it was nothing. I did not take my eyes off the shape and as soon as the kids got out and moved up and moved toward the deck to go inside, the shape moved from the branch. It was moving back to the tree where I first noticed it. The movement was so fast, so effortless, and so silent that I got scared. Then it vanished into the woods, moving from tree limb to tree limb, and was gone in a matter of seconds. Nothing. I know of no creature that can move like that and I know of nothing that fits that description. I've never seen it again and we still live in the same house. We all have eerie feelings about the woods behind the house and that feeling remains with us to this day. Any time we walk through the wooded area we have sections of the woods that we do not venture into for no apparent reason except for that uneasy feeling we all get. I went on this hike as a spiritual journey in Denver, Colorado. I was there to attend the PS 2023 conference. I decided to hike alone and wander around the Rocky Mountains. I took some mushrooms and planned on some weed later on. The hike was amazing and I got so many beautiful pictures. I was hiking for hours before I started heading towards a pond that a sign pointed to. It was a lot more walking than I thought and being under the influence with night approaching I began to worry. I pressed on and found my desired location and was rewarded with one of the most beautiful views I'd ever seen. It wasn't long after I arrived that I strangely heard my name being called. It was my brother and his girlfriend on top of the cliff. They somehow found me they didn't even come with me to this location although they did know I was there. We talked for a bit and I felt reassured I was safe, so I decided to smoke the weed I had. I did a dance to honor the spirits that guided my journey. As I was leaving I decided to take one last photo with my phone. I pointed it at my brother and his girlfriend on the cliff and took it. After I saw the picture I zoomed in because I was curious what it would look like and I saw an eye looking shape I had a feeling that a being of overwhelming power was watching me and when I looked up from my phone I saw those eyes in the trees, in the sky, all around me. I started walking and words filled my head don't doubt the power it kept repeating. My footsteps grew heavy and I began feeling like my heart might give out. I stopped and sat on a rock not far from where I took the picture I looked up and I saw the moon between two evergreen trees. I asked the moon for protection and performed a makeshift ritual. As I believed it would help me I asked the moon to use me as her tool to aid myself and humanity. I actually felt the moon take control of my body and I entered a trance but I got too scared and broke out of it. It was wild. I met up with my brother after waiting on a different rock near the car and I got deja vu. But it was different I saw an alternate reality of sorts where I died in that moment, but it was more like I remembered I died at that moment. My heart hurt the rest of the night and sometimes I still get pain. I have gone to the doctor about it, but they say I'm fine. What do you guys think of this? I have not had anything bad happen to me so far since then and I feel in good standing with all the forces I interact with. Nothing really changed since then. I know it is easy to write this off as a psychedelic illusion with a weird picture artifact, but I'm not sure I personally can do that. It all felt so purposeful. I have no doubt that if I had been sober this might not have happened the way it did, but my purpose on this walk was to grow spiritually. I paid respects, I danced wildly, I asked for guidance, and at the very end, I saw it. We know very little about psychedelics and humans have been using them to communicate with otherworldly beings since the shamans maybe even before them. I might be crazy but I just wanted to share this with someone. If you want to see the pictures I can show you. It's that very last picture I decided to take before I experienced the weird stuff. It has taken me a long time to come forward with what happened to me that day, but I feel that I am ready to finally tell all. It happened years ago in the month of October back in 1998. I and my family lived in a rural area of West Yorkshire in a village called Brahmam. It's a countryside area, with lots of farms, a quarry, and some rivers and streams. I liked to walk my dog around the lanes and tracks as it was a way for me to wind down and get some air. I had finished work on that particular evening. I'm out walking with my dog down a long farm track, a route we often take. It was early evening so it was about 8 PM and it had gotten dark. I and the dog are just walking along. I let the dog off the lead so he could have a run as we were about half a mile up this single farm track by then and there were no animals or people around, so I let him have a sniff around. As I walked the dog was just doing his own thing. It was quiet with no sign of anyone around. I was enjoying the walk, there are hedges on both sides of the track the whole way so it's hard to see clearly into the fields, and there are some woods to one side of me. As we walked even further along the track the dog suddenly stopped, he froze and looked up the track in the direction we were walking. He must be aware of something up there as he starts growling and acting all strange, his hackles are up and he growls continuously. At that point, I thought it must be a fox, which is the way he'd acted before if we came across one. So I'm looking at the track to try and see a fox. I can't see anything anywhere. No fox, no cat, or any other animal. I can see how worked up he is, as now he is going mad and starts barking loudly. I had carried on walking so by this point he was a short way behind me. So I turned to the dog to try and calm him but he won't stop. If anything he's getting worse. Something had really spooked him so I turned to look up the track and I couldn't believe my eyes. Standing there looking at us was this thing. A massive creature stood there looking back in our direction. It must have walked between eight to nine foot steps out onto the field track before I had seen it, and now I can see it clearly and it can see us. At this point, I was in complete shock at what I was seeing. I kept thinking, it can't be real. I honestly don't think my brain could process what I was seeing, because standing there on the field track was a huge creature of some kind. It was massively built and was about 5 feet wide across the shoulders and about 8 feet tall. I couldn't make out any facial features as the face was in shadow, but I could make out that it was covered in hair. It was standing about 30 meters from me so I could see it clearly but I could not make out any features even from that distance. It made no sound and I never smelled or heard anything. To my disbelief at that moment the dog runs straight towards it, the dog's barking as he runs in its direction. But the dog stopped about 15 meters away from this thing, he was clearly scared and just didn't know how to react. He had completely forgotten about me and that's a first for my dog. Usually, he would put my needs first, and maybe that was what he was doing as he was by now and between me and this creature but I could tell I was the last thing on his mind at this point. The dog barks a few more times then he turns and runs straight past me and back up the farm track to safety the way we came in. No doubt now you can imagine how stunned I was. The whole incident lasted only seconds and I just stood there paralyzed and trying to process what I had just seen. I must have been in shock, because of what I did next I did without conscious thought, and I can't explain why I did it. But as I stood there looking at this creature I nodded my head quickly and I said, alright to it, I know that's crazy but that's what I did. Then I just calmly turned around and started walking back down the field track after my dog, all the time listening for this creature coming behind me. I was completely sh myself. I think I acted without thinking as I never looked back up that track until I got to the dog and I couldn't see anything in the field anymore when I did. I didn't report this for years and years until other people came forward in secret and started to share their accounts online with each other. I had no idea what a Bigfoot was back then. Now years on from seeing them online, I can say without doubt it looked like it was an exact match. I have spoken with this witness on numerous occasions, and I did get in touch this week to let him know another person had come forward from the same area. When I was in high school, about 15 years ago, a group of friends and I were hanging out at our friend Dale's house. For some backstory, we lived way out in the country, also technically part of Appalachia, and the kind of middle of nowhere where the nearest neighbors are a few miles up the road. Dale happened to have a cave near his property that we liked to explore and be dumb teenagers in. To get to the cave you had to walk roughly a mile through dense woods and cross a big field. We had yet to find the end of the cave system despite exploring for hours at a time multiple times. One day we had spent the better part of the afternoon exploring the caves and it had gotten dark by the time we emerged. We already had flashlights so that was no big deal. My memory is a little fuzzy on the exact details, but for some reason, our friend Sam decided to go back to the house a little earlier. I wanna say we had ordered pizza or something and he went to meet the driver. The rest of us started making our way back through the woods to Dale's house when we started hearing voices in the woods. We were asking each other if we heard that, and where it came from, but we each had a different direction of where we thought it was coming from. It was a childlike voice, and it sounded like talking or whispering but you couldn't make out what was being said. At this point we thought one of our friends was messing with us and started to talk back to it. It sounded like a child giggling and then our flashlights started to flicker and die. We had one dim light left to get the rest of the way back. We were all thoroughly freaked out, prank or not, and hightailed it back to the house, adrenaline pumping. We all got in the house, shut the door, and I felt a sense of safety for a split second before the crucifix on the wall literally came off the wall and broke on the floor. It literally seems like something out of a bad horror movie, but we all watched it legitimately come off the wall and crash through the ground with for no apparent reason. Before that moment, I hadn't been convinced it wasn't our other friend Sam that was messing with us, even though he really wasn't the type. We all started word vomiting at Sam trying to explain what had just happened and question if he had something to do with it, but he genuinely seemed freaked out and confused. He actually said that on his way back to the house earlier he kept hearing weird things and seeing lights in the woods and he thought it was us trying to play a prank on him. I don't know what it was, maybe our friend is a great actor, but I honestly don't think it was a prank. The feeling I got in the woods. Like every hair was standing on end, goosebumps on my goosebumps and every fiber of my being screaming to run. I have never felt like that again and never want to. I'm a logger living in Northwest Oregon. I've lived here my entire life, these woods are my home. My father and my grandfather were loggers and I took over the family business after they retired. A private landowner liked how we conducted business and we provided him light arborist work as well. Recently, he had some old trees that he wanted us to take down. It was an easy job. My buddy and I set to work and ended up cutting well into the night. So we decided to just make camp for the night and pick up first thing in the morning. That way it would be out of our hair and we could just keep it moving. I pitched a tent for us while my friend made the fire. We spent a few hours telling jokes and drinking until we decided to get some shut-eye. The tent ended up being a bit warm so I decided to sleep out under the stars. It was a beautiful summer night and the stars were always more visible out here in the woods. So eventually the sound of the wind and the swaying of the trees lulled me to sleep. I woke up a few hours later. It was pitch dark. The stars weren't out anymore and the wind was no longer blowing in the trees. Everything was very still. It felt like it happened in an instant, like I blinked and this stillness set in all at once. In the distance, I heard a strange noise, a loud blood-curdling roar echoing through the forest. All my hair stood up on end as I reached for my flashlight. When I clicked it on it was super bright. I beamed directly into the deep woods and the roar happened again and that's when the breeze picked up. I crawled over to the tent to kick it so my friend would wake up. I heard him rustling inside as he slowly unzipped the tent and he's white as a sheet. I know just from his face that he had also heard the roar. We both know what bears sound like and we know how to handle them we were scared but also curious. Only a very large creature could make a noise like this. I reckoned it was much bigger than a bear. Then, in the next moment, a tree fell about a hundred or so yards from camp. It was a big old tree. It slammed into another tree and it fell that one too. My friends looked at me dead in the eyes and slowly he raised his flashlight in the direction of the fallen tree. He turned it on. There it was. This creature was huge, much bigger than a bear. It was on all fours like a bear and it had that similar giant head but this creature had very sparse dark fur and lots of light-colored bear skin. I could see its muscles shifting and, whatever it was, it fell two trees like they were nothing. The creature roared once again and turned in our direction. It stared into the glare of our flashlight and, to our shock, started running at us. We glanced at each other and quickly climbed a nearby tree. Luckily we got up there before the creature noticed where we went. We heard it tearing through the tent and the campsite for what seemed like hours. There we stayed until the sun rose and brightened the dark woods. We had no idea where the creature had gone. When we looked down our tent and our campsite it was torn to shreds. It looked like a whole pack of bears descended on it rather than just one large one. We slowly moved down the tree, watching around the area as we descended. We gathered whatever stuff we could salvage, then walked as quickly and quietly back to our truck as we could. I drove directly home. I don't know what it was but it could've killed us and anyone else that got in its way. Looking back at the encounter, and after talking to my friend, we believed that it may have been what some people refer to as a dog man. The human-like way it appeared was not only shocking but totally confusing. I just don't have any other explanation as to what this creature was. This happened only a week ago. My girlfriend and I were visiting the Arches and Canyonlands area for the weekend, and ended up heading out pretty late from Moab to get into Canyonlands, about 45 minutes 1 hour drive. A few years previous, I'd gone there myself and stayed until the moon rose, because that meant people were leaving, and as a field recordist, that meant a quiet environment to record in. That night in 2020, the moon was bright and there were a few night photographers there I ended up hanging out with, and it was generally a surreal experience and I felt completely safe. Hoping to have a similar time again with girlfriend along for the ride, and forgetting the fact that maybe the clouds would largely block moonlight that night, I drove us up. It was pretty dark before we even made it 15 minutes along the drive there. Having been there, more specifically, Mesa Arch, twice before and this being a borderline spiritual place for me, I didn't even think about danger or anything of the sort. Despite that, I had a sixth sense type of gut feeling pretty early on that we shouldn't head up there that night. Not wanting to freak myself out, or my girlfriend, I didn't say anything or think much of it, and chalked it up to just being nervous because it was dark. There was a certain vibe along the roads leading up, and we noticed there were people leaving the park but no one coming in ahead of or behind us. The instinct to not continue hit me subtly a few more times, and I kept pushing it away like an idiot. I've been very familiar with these instincts over the past years and they've served me well, as far as I can tell. I think I genuinely thought I was just scared because it was dark. We ended up at the Mesa Arch parking lot, where two cars were packing up and heading out. When they left, it was almost completely dark with only the faintest glow of moon through the clouds, and not a person around anywhere near us. Canyonlands is pretty remote. We get our backpacks on, grab a couple things, and my girlfriend makes sure I've got my CCW. She doesn't usually care much, so this struck me as indication she was maybe concerned too. We start heading up. It's a pretty short trail, maybe one quarter mile. All we wanted to do was get to this little bowl-like area, the main destination, and hang out and record some sounds. The area is pretty open, with trees both live and dead scattered around, bushes and small cacti, and rocky slopes that can be climbed in a few seconds. It's a pretty dope scene in daytime. I've never felt uneasy here previously. We'd been doing a bit of a travel vlog so far, so I continued doing that. I genuinely get goosebumps and chills every single time I think about this part. It was the weirdest feeling I've never felt. I've felt instinctua l I should get out of here, I'm being watched, etc. Type of feelings before and have several stories to tell from those but I've never felt what I felt while vlogging. This might not seem relevant, but for context, the field recording I do is largely of gathering wood and rock sounds. Canyonlands has Navajo sandstone and juniper wood, both of which sound wonderful when tumbled and rolled around. I think of field recording as an art, yes, but also as a way to appreciate a land in a closer way, at least for me, than just taking pictures of it. I feel like I'm capturing the essence of a location in a very respectful way. As I'm vlogging, I felt something I can only describe as a need to show that I was there peacefully and with respectful intent. I didn't hear anything, or see anything, that would indicate that I needed to show I was here on peaceful business, but I felt it so strongly. Again, I didn't want to scare my girlfriend, so I didn't say this. I figured I was just feeling on edge being in near complete darkness, we could barely see our own feet on the easy, open trail. We'd kept our lamps off to let our eyes adjust to the glow, but I turned mine on to read a plaque. My girlfriend mentioned I should probably turn it off so I don't create shadows and freak us out, so I turned it back off. I also felt like I was spotlighting myself by having it on, and I was about to turn it back off before she said that we continued and the uneasiness only grew. This lasted until we both reached the same exact spot on the trail and stopped at the same time, in silence. I think we should go back. My girlfriend said, and I agreed. Never have I felt a stronger feeling of being unwelcome in a place. It felt like we hit a barrier. Not only did I feel unwelcome, It was more particularly the feeling of intruding on a congregation or meeting or gathering that we were not invited to. I don't know how to describe this feeling at all besides that, and it was not a conscious thought. It was just there, as these kinds of instincts tend to be. At that point, I realized I'd been ignoring these feelings long enough and it was most certainly time to go. I have no idea what was going on in that little bowl we were about to reach, but I didn't want to find out we made our way quickly back to the car. As soon as we get back, we hear a large pack of coyotes quite nearby, but in the opposite direction we'd been heading on the trail. If we'd continued on that trail it was not coyotes we would've run into. Still, this felt like an additional cue to leave, and my girlfriend said that's our cue. I badly wanted to record their yips, but common sense took over and we got the hell out of there. The road completely devoid of any sign of other people, was particularly eerie. Driving back wasn't just trying to get back to our campsite in Moab, it felt like we were escaping, like when you turn off the lights and run up the stairs. Now relatively safe in our car, we discussed what has just happened. Every single unspoken, strong gut feeling I had had, my girlfriend had felt. The exact same things at the same times. Both felt the need to show, somethings, someones. That we meant no harm by vlogging and being chill outwardly. Both felt multiple times both on the drive there and on the trail that we shouldn't go. Both felt at the same times that we were like actors on a stage being watched by a multitude of something. Both felt unwelcome, like we were crashing a party. Both felt that we needed to go, at the same exact point on the trail. None of these were spoken aloud to each other at any point until we were back on the road get the f outing. As we drove, the moon became visible for a bit. I'm not familiar with moon stuff, but it had been a full moon a few days before, and that night it was large, not full though, and red. This was because of the red sand in the air from the windy day we'd had, I think, but my girlfriend said that also meant bad juju. Looking into the history of the region, and even stories of strange happenings AT Mesa Arch, I am sure we avoided something strange and or dangerous. I wanted to share this story here. Sometimes the places you love can still get spooky things going on when you're there at the wrong time. This occurred during the Christmas break of 2012. My friends and I were out for a late-night cruise catching up after being away at college. We were headed to one of our favorite places to visit, screaming tunnel just inside the city limits of Niagara Falls, Ontario. We were at the intersection of Warner Road and Garner Road when we saw in the yard of the property across from us a large creature hunched over on all fours. There was a fair amount of snow on the ground so we could only make out the outline of the creature but it was massive much larger than coyotes, deer, or anything you usually encounter in the area. The other thing that struck me was the eyes. Even though this creature was mostly shrouded in shadow you could see the bright yellow eyes. It gave me a very eerie feeling. We continued down the road and when we arrived we got out to look around as usual. We felt very uneasy like we were being watched, and even though they never said anything I could tell by the looks on my friends faces that they were feeling the same thing I was and that we needed to get the hell out of there fast. We piled in the car and took off at a good clip, the eerie sense that we were being watched followed us all the way down Warner Road until we turned back onto the main road, Taylor Rd. That was the first and only time I could say I felt like my life was in imminent danger. Even to this day when I go back. I keep a very close eye on my surroundings. Ontario, Canada. The most terrifying night I have ever experienced was when my mother-in-law bought me a night vision scope for Christmas. We had a lot of deer that would come through the backyard. I shut off all of the lights in the house and opened up the back door hoping to see a deer. What I saw was a full-blown skeleton in detail about 10 yards away. I could see every little detail ribs, eye sockets, teeth and everything. The skeleton was noticed me and it slowly turned its head and made eye contact with me. It transformed into a ball of energy and bounced away. I immediately walked to exactly where it was standing and it was looking through the French doors to my bedroom as my wife was laying in bed. I lost my shit after that. I'm telling you every bit of this is true. Cheers! I am now 33 years old but would like to submit in regards to some events that occurred when I was 14 years old, starting on the day before Thanksgiving, November 24, 2004, in Leesport, Pennsylvania. I have decided to go public about the terrifying things that have happened. It was a strange day on November 24, 2004, I caught a glimpse of a TV show talking about a man who can practically summon UFOs. I was skeptical, even at a young age, but thought that since it was my own voice inside of my own head, it would save me the embarrassment if I gave it a try. I basically asked to meet the pilots of these strange craft and learn about the vehicles and how they work. A couple of hours later I was shocked to see a report on a separate channel, a news channel, that there was a UFO spotted over Reading, Pennsylvania, only minutes from where we lived at the time. A few hours later in the middle of the night, I had been awakened, terrified by two alien beings, commonly referred to as the gray standing in front of me, staring at me at my bedside. I don't know how they did it, but they had woken me up telepathically somehow. I clearly remember the red capital letters WAKE UP flashing before my closed eyelids and an alarm-like buzzing inside of my head and an intense vibration. It woke me up immediately, and when I saw them in front of me, one that was closer to me was much taller than the other. I immediately panicked, throwing the blankets over myself and trying to calm my respiration and heart rate, I waited and waited for them to leave. It was sheer terror and the scariest night of my life. I heard feet rustling on the carpet, and as daylight began to break, I took a cautious peek to see that they had left. A few nights later, I had an urge to watch television on a late school night. My stepmom used to hide the remote in an office drawer in the kitchen. I'm not sure what had caused the urge to watch TV at such an odd hour, I suppose I was still shaken from a few nights prior. I had come to notice that the remote was nowhere to be found in the drawer so I had looked around the countertop, turned around, and skimmed the countertop of the kitchen island, only to see the same creature from nights before standing outside of the kitchen window, staring at me. Startled, I must have jumped three feet in the air and ran out of the kitchen and up the steps to my bedroom. That same night I had a strange and vivid nightmare of my blankets being lifted into the air and being dragged out of my bed by the ankles by the hands of two shorter greys, then being returned to my bed and watching them leave through a strange pink portal in the wall. I have not had any further encounters. I was in the ninth grade when this incident occurred. Usually, after our school ended, I used to go to tuition with my two friends. Our tuition class was situated in a small jungle area, and we would arrive at the class exactly at 6 p.m. It was a haunted place, as some people had experienced really creepy incidents there. Even our teacher had warned us that it was dangerous, and she herself had an unusual experience there. With only two street lights due to its remoteness, it used to be too dark when we had to get back home. Despite the ominous reputation, we hadn't experienced anything unusual there because my friends and I used to have fun playing and talking. One day, however, something unsettling happened. A junior friend of mine urgently needed to use the washroom, so he went outside the class compound to pee, as we usually did. While peeing, he turned his face to the right, where there was a small empty house with broken windows, making everything inside visible in the complete darkness. As he turned, he saw the figure of an adult-sized child with a creepy face. Only the head and a hand were visible, and the figure was gesturing and calling my friend. Terrified, he came running to our teacher and shared everything that had happened with him. He didn't come to class for two days as he had a fever due to the traumatic incident. My bestie and I, being teenagers at the time, dismissed his experience as a hallucination. Curious, we decided to tour the haunted house with another friend recording the whole thing on his phone. It was around 8pm, and we roamed around the house, recording everything from the outside, making lighthearted comments like, hey ghost, where are you? We are here to see you. As we reached the back of the house, I felt a flash while looking at the camera, but I ignored it. From the back, we could see our remaining friends standing outside the class compound. Towards the end of the tour, we called our friends from behind the house, assuring them that there was nothing there. And we even whistled as we concluded the video recording. When we returned to the class and were ready to watch the video, we realized the footage lasted only 2 minutes despite our tour lasting around 8 to 9 minutes. We both remembered checking the video recording twice before starting, so there was no doubt about whether we had initiated the recording. To this day, we talk about that eerie experience, and we can't shake the feeling that something inexplicable was truly there had a dog named Silver Chief. When he was a puppy I was a baby. We grew up together. I had graduated high school when he died. Anyway, that dog was not afraid of anything man or beast. We had been having some chickens killed at night and thought it might be a fox or something. One night I heard the chicken hollering so I grabbed a flashlight and a 22 caliber rifle and ran to the chicken house. It was dark but I saw a huge, white cat-like creature jump over the chicken wire fence. It was seven feet high. I went in and there were six dead chickens. It was not long after that on another night I heard my dog barking. I could tell by his bark he had something treed. All of a sudden he screamed and ran back to the house. He had never run from anything. My brother got the 22 caliber and walked up into the woods. He was walking around and heard claws scratching on tree bark. He looked up right into the eyes of what we called a wampus cat. It was getting ready to pounce on him. My brother who was an excellent hunter just threw the rifle barrel up without taking time to aim and shot the cat right through the head. He brought the cat home and I had never seen anything like it. It was solid yellow or white-colored. Had long 3 or 4 inch fur, and a tail about 4 or 5 inches long. Even with the short tail, it was 3 feet long from nose to tail. We skinned him, salted his skin, and stretched it on the barn door. I remember that we used to hear it screaming in the swamp at night. Sometimes it sounded like a woman screaming and sometimes it sounded like a baby crying. I have never seen anything like it before or since. It had huge teeth that had grooves in the gums and lips on the opposite of the teeth. It had huge feet. Here is a drawing I saw several years ago. Most people don't believe we actually killed it till they saw its hide on the barn door. The memory lingers in the recesses of my mind, a vivid snapshot frozen in time. I was 12, sitting in the passenger seat of my mother's car on a chilly morning. The clock in the car read 7 a.m. as we navigated the familiar route to the train station before school. Little did I know that this ordinary morning would carve a lasting imprint on my memory. As the car glided down the empty road, a figure materialized in front of us. A slender woman, draped in a flowing white gown, with long, dark hair that cascaded like a waterfall down her back. Her presence, ethereal and out of place, sent shivers down my spine. Instinctively, I yelled for my mother to stop, my heart pounding with the fear that she would collide with the mysterious woman. But my mother continued driving, oblivious to the spectral figure in our path. I watched in horror as the woman remained unmoved, standing in the middle of the road. It felt like an eternity passed, the car hurtling toward her, and I braced for impact. And then, as suddenly as she appeared, the woman vanished, dissipating into thin air. Breathless and bewildered, I turned to my mother. Did you see her? The woman in the white gown? I asked, my voice trembling with a mixture of fear and confusion. My mother glanced at me, a furrow forming on her brow. What are you talking about? I didn't see anyone. Are you sure you're feeling okay? But I knew what I had seen. The image of the spectral woman, her form stark against the early morning light, was etched into my mind. The encounter left me with an eerie feeling, a question lingering in the air like a ghostly whisper, why had I seen something that my mother hadn't? Now, eight years have passed, and the memory remains vivid, as if it happened yesterday. I've never encountered anything like that since, and the incident has become a haunting enigma in the tapestry of my life. Theories have crossed my mind, was it a glimpse into another realm, a fleeting connection with the supernatural, or merely a figment of an overactive imagination. The woman in the white gown has become a specter that accompanies my thoughts, a mystery I carry with me into adulthood. The rational part of me dismisses it as a trick of the mind, a momentary lapse in perception. Yet, there's a lingering doubt, a nagging sensation that the encounter held a significance beyond the ordinary. As I reflect on that morning, the questions persist. Was she a spirit from the past, a residual echo in the fabric of time, or a messenger of something beyond our comprehension? The encounter may remain unsolved, but the woman in the white gown will forever be a haunting presence a mysterious chapter in the story of my life that refuses to fade away. This happened to me probably six or so years ago, and I'm still extremely confused on what happened. I just found this sub, so maybe I can get some clarity. So to set the scene, I was camping with about five other friends along the South Holston River in the Appalachian Mountains of East Tennessee. It was probably around 2 in the morning when this happened. Me and one of my friends slept in a couple of hammocks, while the rest of the group were split up into a couple of tents that were maybe 15 feet away. I was the only one awake at the time, but I was just about to fall asleep. Suddenly I hear this insane noise. It sounded like a man letting out a loud, deep scream at the top of his lungs as if he was in pain. At first it sounded about 20 feet away but I heard it move extremely quickly through the middle of the campsite, right between where I was sleeping and where my friends in tents were. It was just a few feet from me as it went by. Once it passed through the camp, the noise stopped. It only lasted maybe three to four seconds. Despite the fact that whatever making the noise was clearly moving through the camp very quickly, there was no sound of hurried footsteps, leaf crunching, or anything like that to indicate that something was moving. It was only the sound of screaming. It woke everyone up and we were all terrified. We got up and looked around camp, but there was no sign of anything passing through. We thought maybe it was a type of bird since there were no footsteps, but none of us have been able to find any bird from the area that makes a sound anywhere close to that. Our first theory was a screech owl, but we looked up what their calls sound like, and it definitely wasn't one of those. We all agreed that it sounded like a man, but it was too fast for a person. We thought maybe something like a deer, bear, or mountain lion, but we would have undoubtedly heard some footsteps if it was. We are completely out of theories at this point. Does anyone have any thoughts on what could possibly explain what we heard? Okay, so I don't know if this thing happens to you or not, but it definitely happened with me. I was in my college first year and I along with my friends smoked some weed and I was pretty high at that moment and it was like my first or second time smoking it and I don't know how but I was able to read the lips or the mind of the people. After smoking it I was going back to my home on my bike then my brother called me up that he is also free and his college was very near to mine so I went to catch him up he was with his friend and his group was coming out of the college gate they were just talking about their day. My brother then noticed me waved his hand to me to which I also waved my hand I was around 25 to 30 meters away from him and many students were passing through in between then a girl from his group said that the shirt I am wearing looks very good on me I don't know how but I heard her there was a lot of rush there and they were talking in between them only. My brother came to me and then we both were going back to our home. On our way home I was riding the bike knowing that I was not in my mind I saw two of my college mates were also going home by their car and one of them said to another is he from our college? As they were unable to identify me cause I was wearing a helmet and I was behind their car and I just saw their heads and I recognized them. I moved on. I reached home ate food and the next day I asked my brother that his friend was really talking about my shirt to which he was literally shocked and he asked me who told you this and I replied him no one cause I don't even know a single person other than him in his college I showed him my recent chats he wasn't ready to believe. Then I went to the college and I asked the same guy who was asking about me in the car he was also very surprised that how could I even listen to what they were saying cause they were playing music in the car at that time. He wasn't ready to believe and said that I read his lips or whatever. I don't know what happened to me but that was a crazy experience like I was able to read or listen to what other people were talking about me. Does this happen to anyone else if yes then please let me know. So, around 10.45 in Axminster, United Kingdom, I was stargazing with my family. I was lying in a hammock watching the stars when my brother shouted for our attention, pointing to something strange in the sky. He said, you, is that Santa? I jumped out of the hammock and ran over to where he was pointing, and I kid you not, there was this massive black line speeding across the night sky. The line was abnormally long, no aircraft could be that long. Its shape looked quite familiar. There were four of us who saw this, And we all agreed we could make out what looked like a sleigh at the start and then some reindeer or something along the front, as the front parts were moving in some way. But what was strange was it looked like there were way more than 12 reindeer, closer to 20 plus reindeer pulling the sleigh. We all stared at it while freaking out for about 5 to 7 seconds, and then it went behind a tree and vanished. I have no clue what we just saw, but I'm posting this while my memory is fresh we decided it was either Santa or a long-ass sky centipede, Lamao. So, I've always brushed off paranormal activity as coincidence, or have tried to find rational reasoning, even though I've always been intrigued by it. But lately I have no way of explaining it to myself. So, for some background, I've recently moved house. I used to live in a big, old manor house. I'm not sure what year it dates back to but it's next to its twin, the main house which dates back to 1781 so I'm assuming it's around the same time frame. Obviously, with a building this old it's very daunting and you'd assume it is haunted. It also got turned into an old people's home at some point in time, but I've recently moved to another house that dates back to the 1800s. Whilst I was in the manor house, Me and everyone else living there would experience weird things, nothing dangerous but weird nonetheless, and we'd all brush it off as it's an old house and I was a kid. Things that would happen frequently, doors closing or opening, electronics and light bulbs turning off and on, doors locking and loud noises coming from inside the bedrooms. Like banging noises. I don't want to drag this on longer than it needs to be I have a lot of experiences in that house so if anyone wants a more in-depth explanation feel free to ask questions but to the point. I've always have extremely vivid dreams that feel and look real, to the point where when I wake up I still believe I'm dreaming. Since moving to this house the same things are happening, lights turning on and off etc. We had a weird experience with our Alexia's playing music randomly, old-timey music, but the thing that's making me feel crazy is the dreams. Just before I fall asleep I keep hearing a man speaking in my room, as if he's next to me it's that clear but I'm always on the verge of sleep so I just brush it off as a dream. But what really got me was I got a phone call the other day from my mum whilst I was out asking me where I was. I had been out all day, and it was 2 am at this time. She called me and she had told me that she called out my name when I got home and I responded, and she had a conversation with me but it wasn't me because I wasn't home. She realized when she went to my room and I wasn't there. I need help and opinions.